1: anyway. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
2: The Athletic brings you every sports story that matters, now for just $1 per month. Of course, I'm a hockey fan, so of course I love reading the national perspectives of Pierre Lebrun and Scotty Burnside. Of course, I love the eternal optimism of hockey prospects, so the great Corey Promin brings us that. But I also love my Cleveland Browns. Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd are my lifelines now that it's NFL season, and I feel like Joe Poznanski's Monday morning perspective, there are a lot of days where I need that. I also love really, really important journalism from such great writers as Katie Strang, Nicole Arbach. Dan Robson and others don't miss this exclusive in-depth and unprecedented coverage. Subscribe now and save sign up now to see for yourself, the creativity, the reporting and the storytelling that sets the athletic apart. And if you go to theathleticcom athletic.com front and nationwide, you can receive an all access subscription for just $1 per month. Sports are back and you don't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash front and nationwide and receive an all-access subscription for $1 a month. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron I'm with you on a Tuesday morning. Allison Lucan is here as always. Hello. And we have a special guest, Chris Clark, Director of Player Personnel for the Blue Jackets, also General Manager of the Cleveland Monsters, is with us. Chris Clark, hello. 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 How are you? How is everybody? Everybody's good. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Uh, we were just talking about this a little bit off air. This is the type of year, and boy, the weather kind of reminds you of it if, uh, if the calendar doesn't. This feels like Traverse City. And if you've been with the Blue Jackets for any amount of time or covered them, you, you know that the second weekend, the weekend after Labor Day in September, is always the Prospects Tournament in Traverse City. Um, Chris, Allison and I and others joined uh, together a year ago uh, on that off day, Sunday, to go watch the Browns get murdered uh, by the Tennessee Titans. So for me, this yes uh, Sunday's game was like this sort of reminder of that because they got murdered again by Baltimore. Um, but I keep every time I take the dog for a walk and I feel a cool breeze, I go, "Oh, Traverse City," and I'm wondering a guy who's uh, involved in the action. Uh, what this feels like for you to be here and not there at this time of year yeah it's definitely you know I've been doing it this probably would have been my seventh or eighth
0: year going up and it, it's always the opening you know to hockey season right. we get up there and it's usually you know it's still this is you're right it does feel like traverse weather today when in the 60s but usually it's still in the 80s 90s and kind of hot and humid around this time but you get up there right. and, a lot of times it's in the '60s. It's cold in the morning, beautiful in the afternoon. Then um, you're in the rink. You're watching, you know, parts of four games a day. Uh, I'm on the ice with the guys. It just, it just feels right.
2: And this is exactly the opposite. It doesn't feel right at all. Yeah. How much are prospects losing? I think this is a bigger deal for in terms of development than development. Camp is, but that was scuttled of course as well. How much are prospects losing throughout the league by not having these these two great events each year? Um,
0: big thing obviously they're two huge things. It's you know the, in in the summer when we have development camp it's it's not about hockey itself. it's more about getting the guys in front of you and face to face and talking to them and seeing how they're doing. We do a lot of that by phone text, uh, email, what have you. But it, it's, it's always nice to get them in front of you. I and, mean, you know, it's only for four, four and a half days or so, but it's, that's always a good thing. And it's great for, especially the guys that haven't done it before or are coming into their second development camp. And those guys are just, you know, the guys that have never been there before are invites when they come in They're they're wide eyed and never been into, yeah. some of them have never been into an NHL rink before, let alone their locker room and meeting the staff and all that stuff. So that's, you know, you miss part of that. We had a couple, you know, we signed a couple guys way back in April, um, college free agents and, and things like that, and that would have been perfect for them just to get acclimated. Um, yeah, and, and Traverse, you know, same same thing, but it's actually it's hockey. It's it's game on at that point, and that's always huge for them because they they get a bit of a leg up on our veterans. Um, you know, they start their camp a week later. These guys have already had six days on the ice, full – NHL type, you know, games where they're going, you know, they're trying to make a team at that point, you know, from day one. So they got four or five days ahead of some of our veterans that kind of are on the ice the first time. Um, So that's always, always special for them and and good for them to to have that little bit of experience a
2: week before actual main camp starts. Yeah, Uh, switching up gears a little bit to players who have been part of Traverse City, certainly Alexander Texier, Emil Bemstrom. Vene Veveline and Calvin Thurkoff have all agreed, have signed to start in Europe for 2021. Um, I think Jarmo Kekalainen was excited by this and maybe wanted even more guys to go. Do you expect any other players to make that leap? And just real quick, no one can say for sure when the NHL season 2021 is going to start. Um, in fact, some people are nervous that it may be longer than, than uh, anticipated. I don't think December 1st is the target date anymore. So the idea is to get these young players, keep them playing, and and have them in a situation where if the NHL season is delayed and delayed and delayed, they're still able to keep playing. You don't want these guys to go uh, you know, eight, nine months without playing a game. So Texier, Bemstrom, Vevalainen, and Thurkoff, uh, to my knowledge, those are four players from, from the Blue Jackets organization that have agreed to start next season in Europe. Are there any others, and do you think there are going to be any others at this date, Chris?
0: Yeah, yeah, those guys definitely. Uh, we also have Bernie that's over there and, and played over there. Tim Bernie, he his, okay. He was going to uh, start the season over here for his first North American professional, you know, come to our camp. But he's going to stay back, which is great. You know, um, we have Horth as well that, that played in Sarnia um i think he's going to um try to stay back there and play with his hometown team as well they're in that area uh but this is it's it's an unbelievable option for these guys to have cuz especially for the for the organizations or the uh, the countries that have import rules these guys are easy easily available to stay home cuz they don't count against the imports especially in the swiss league it's it's going to be hard for north americans north americans anyway to go over there uh let alone at this time when there's you know we, we see five six seven eight guys every day being transferred over there throughout the, the NHL um but I think it's, I think it's a great option um you know for guys like Turkoff, you know when's the next time he's gonna play for his hometown team you know when he's when he's done playing in the NHL in ten years from now so this is great for him you know he, he gets to stay home he hasn't he hasn't stayed home and, and, and played in front of his hometown. I guess there'll be no fans anyway, but still, to have that comfort <laughs> level and, and being, you know, around his around his parents and stuff like that, I think it's going to be awesome for him. So it's there's, there's good and bad to everything, and we can try to find the silver lining in this and where we can get a lot of our prospects plan. Um, as for the other guys, we're hoping. You know, it's really hard, like I said, to get some of these guys over there, especially that don't have an NHL background. You know, yeah, it's easy yeah. for guys like SEA and and uh, Bemstrom and guys like that to go over because any team would be happy, more than happy, to add an NHL guy to their roster. But sure. for a lot of the other young guys that are not um, European or have that connection, then it's it's going to be a lot tougher and, and don't have the pedigree behind them um, for, for a team to, to make room for them, especially for part of a season. If it's for a whole season, which is an option as well, if, if we have to do that, that's that will be fine as well, um, just to get them playing. If if they need to play a full season, then then we're we're okay with that on, on certain circumstances.
2: Is so Cole Sherwood is a guy that has been mentioned as, would be just based on his where he's at in his his growth as a player, who'd be a perfect candidate for something like that he is obviously a North American born. He's a Columbus kid. Um, yeah. Is that the challenge to him getting somewhere? I know he also has a. he's an RFA so he doesn't technically have a contract uh is he would he be receptive to doing that or is the challenge just the fact of of what you mentioned earlier
0: yeah we we've talked to him talked to his agent yeah he's more than yeah he's he's willing and and excited for that opportunity if it comes up um but like I said it that's he he falls into that even though he has some NHL experience it'll be a little bit easier for him but it's just trying to find him a, a place to go and a good fit for him to go um, so, he, yeah, they're definitely where work, he's working on that. We got Christensen, um, one of the guys, defenseman who signed from the Western Hockey League. Um, try to get him over there because we, we don't want these these young guys like that with um, to waste, you know, like you said, eight nine months of of their uh, youth and uh, and training ability um, outside playing.
3: Chris, to that point, you know, and I'm certainly not looking for dirt or anything, but can you maybe share the different kinds of conversations? Are are guys excited, wanting to go over to Europe to play? Are there some you maybe have to kind of encourage a little bit more than others? What is the mood among these younger players in terms of going back to Europe to play?
0: I I think they, like I said, most of our guys were European anyway that are right. Right. They're 100%. Let's go. And it's the same with the North Americans as well, because they're all young. They want to play. It's a bit of an adventure. Um, they get all that, but they just they just want to play. Like it's yeah, you know, for some of them it's been six, seven, eight months of training. Maybe they've been on the ice a bit, um, but it, it gets like a, a long summer of when you don't make the playoffs is a long exactly. summer of training. Now you add uh, you know guys that weren't with the bubble or, or stuff like that. You add that to it, and you're just training, and you really. We kind of have an idea of when the season will start, so you kind of have an end date, but when you're training without an end date, you right. don't know where the middle is, you don't know what you're, you know, trying to, to lead up to, because usually you have your your summer routine and it's all planned out where everything has a stage, you know, you get the beginning stage where you're just getting back into it. You're loosening up and you got your middle where you're building and building and trying to put on the muscle and the weight. And you got the end where you're tapering it off a little bit and trying to get more endurance and skating more and trying to get ready for the season. So that's, that's been the one thing that I've found. And I think in my own head, going through the lockout in 05, when we didn't know, it was, it was really hard to it wasn't hard to stay focused, but it was hard to know when how you were going to lead up to it, because I was very regimented yeah. in my training, and I wanted to know, when am I going to play? I wanted yeah. to know that, because then I can I can have that in my head, and I can start building towards it.
3: Chris, we talk all the time, anytime a guy comes over from Europe, we always say, oh, he's got to adjust to the smaller rank, he's got to adjust to the North American game. Is there a reverse challenge here again so many of these guys are european as you mentioned they've they've played in this style but is that anything that you want to monitor or challenge these guys to be aware of so they don't lose certain parts of their development or is that not really an issue here
0: um it's it's i don't think it's an issue because i don't think it's much you can do about it because it's you know they they're going to have to fit into their team game over there they're going to have to succeed over there or they're not going to play
3: right uh, right you
0: know, so they're going to have it's It's them reverse adapting if they were already over here and that'll take them no time to figure it out. It doesn't usually doesn't take guys very long to figure that out. I find maybe with the goalies, sometimes the angles,
3: Mm,
0: mm. what um, coming this way, I think coming to North America, because we can shoot from the boards, we can shoot from the the goal line and, you know, touching the boards and still be a good scoring opportunity. You do that with the big ice, the Olympic size ice, and it's, nobody does it. So the goalies are kind of can take a breath. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I feel. I think them going over there, they'll adjust fairly quickly, um, especially the young guys. It doesn't take them long
3: at all. Gotcha. I was talking to um, some fans of the Blue Jackets the other day, and one of them started asking me, so I'll ask you because you know, there's there are limited spots, we know. Obviously, again, a lot of these Europeans are going back to teams they've played with before or hometown teams. But with limited spots, is there a lot of thought that goes into – this is the exact right club for the player? Or in some cases, if you can find a roster spot for one of your players, do you just want him to go and get that ice time?
0: Uh, yes and yes. and Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're right on. And it's going to get to the point where just find a team. You got to get over and yeah. play type of thing. Yeah. Um, if you have time, like we you know did a little while ago, when not as many players and there's more openings, then you can kind of find your spot. And The biggest challenge... I think that has been is, is for goalies. You know, because mm. was playing in Finland last year, which is great. Could he have gone back there? No, because they filled that spot already, knowing mm. his plan was to come over here. Um, so you got to find a team that doesn't already have two very good goalies, because then there's no spot, or a, a true 100%, I'm going to play 90% of the games, number one, because you don't want them going and, and not playing either. Um, so that's, I think we, we found a good spot for him in Ufa and actually his, his father's the, the uh, this was, you know, from before, from probably a month ago, two months ago, his father signed to be their goalie coach. So, <laughs> yeah. and they, they, you know, they're promising, but I guess we can't, it, it's up to him to play well too, um, to a uh, pretty much a split to play every other game or, or pretty close to it, or at least get a good chunk of the season while he's over there. So. I think that'll be an awesome spot for him.
3: Nice. And you mentioned a little bit of this earlier, but in terms of, you know, we always hear about how you and your team, you're, you're going to watch players and then you're meeting with them afterwards or just checking in. What's changing in your process? Are you getting film? Are you relying more on the, the team members who are over there in Europe? How are you staying on top of these guys' development and how they're executing on the ice?
0: Uh, Saying a little of both. Um the same yeah. as we've always had because Yarko Rutu is over there and he kinda right. he basically handles our uh European guys. It's easy for him to travel around over there. So he's still hundred percent the guy over there along with our scouts because they've they've opened up a bit where they're doing they're having exhibition games and, and starting to play some games and allowing some scouts in some countries and some buildings. So We're able to get over there, but even if we don't, we still have that availability of uh, watching games and getting uh, shifts from them. So it's, you know, we're not completely in the dark. Obviously, Yarko's doing a lot of work over there, and then if he can't get to a game, he's watching them as well. So it's, uh, you know, age of technology is is definitely (laughs) helping
2: right now. Clark, the NHL is, is, as we mentioned earlier, a little bit up in the air right now. Um, their uncertainty is dwarfed, I think, by the AHL's uncertainty. You're the GM of the Cleveland team. Do you have any clue what to anticipate? How many different scenarios are you preparing for? And how difficult is it for an AHL GM now uh, to get guys, given the uncertainty?
0: Yeah, it's it's, and you, you add on top of that the East Coast Hockey League. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of players that those teams, some of those teams, you know, what what do they do? They they 100% rely on uh, ticket sales and, and concessions, and same with right. American we rely on ticket sales and concessions and parking for all of our revenue. And you know, the NHL is a little bit different with the TV and advertising rights, um, but yeah, that's it's there's it's the biggest thing is just been that uncertainty. You know, I have the same questions getting asked almost daily, and. I wish I had answers. You know, I wish I had a time. I think it would make, obviously, it would make everything in the world so much better. Where if we just had a certainty, had a date, then we can all plan for it. But we don't, and that's what's making everything, you know, everything from daily household planning with your kids and your wife to running businesses and, and you know playing sports. Nobody knows. It's just uh, the flexibility. You have to have flexibility, and you adapt and you figured out a ways, and I think the the best organizations and whether it's sports or whatever, will we'll find a way.
2: Is your wife tired of you yet? Is she is she like? Why are you <laughs> still still here? Because my wife's like, can you just go to the rink, anyways, please, just for a couple hours? Give me a break. Oh, well, that's what I did.
0: I actually I'm at the, the office right now, and I just oh, there you go. Printer broke down, so I had to print something anyway, and I just didn't didn't want the distractions while being on the podcast and having dogs bark in the background. So she's like, "Oh, oh. really? You're going? Okay." <laughs> <laughs> right. a hint of One excitement time.
2: in her voice. Yeah.
0: We'll see you later. Sure, it's not an overnight. You don't stay. Here's your keys.
3: <laughs> right. I
2: packed a bag. Right. <laughs> Um, we, you mentioned the goalies are a little, of course, goalies are different. Goalies are always different, but I wonder, like you want everyone to stay active. Um, Elvis Merzlikens is in an interesting position because he made the very difficult transition from larger ice to smaller ice. And it took him a while. Um, I was, I remember the Traverse City, um, opener. Well, um, it was, it was fascinating to watch his growth with that. He has uh, and in communications with me said he is going to go work with his Lugano team but it's unclear to me if he's going to be on the ice with them. Do you want him on the ice given that he's sort of recalibrated his brain to what it's like here or would you advise him to not be on the ice to not sort of short circuit and confuse things further?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good point. We leave all that uh all those little things um, to Manny and you know Manny's been in in contact with him. Um, I'm not going to say daily, but almost uh, you know at least weekly and and trying to figure out what's best for him and sending him drills and and talking through things and if he has questions. So it's um, they have a great relationship and uh, uh, I know Manny will will do what's best for uh, for Elvis and all of our goalies as that matter.
4: Hey, this is Craig Custis with The Athletic. Maybe you were blessed with a body that you can just pull clothes off the rack and they fit perfectly. But if you're anything like me, every shirt I buy, the arms are too long. Every pair of pants I buy, the legs are too long. I don't have the time or the money really to go and get everything I buy tailored perfectly. So I end up looking like a frumpy sports writer half the time, which isn't great. And I wish it wasn't the case. But the times when I do take the time to buy the things that fit right, you just feel better, right? You're you're confident. You walk into a room. You don't feel like you're wearing your dad's clothes because the the sleeves are, are down over your hands. And that's what makes Indochino so great. Indochino suits are great for wedding and for work. And they offer a lot of casual options like shirts, coats, and chinos. And right now, honestly, like that's what I find myself most attracted to. Like I, I recently made a purchase there. Even if like 80% of the press conferences or whatever I'm doing in Zoom. You still want to look good. You still want to be professional. You still want things to fit and feel good about yourself. And the way it works is I booked some time with a virtual style consultation and took it step by step. And I was even able to personalize it. Uh, the dress shirt threw my initials on there from the stitching to the collar to what kind of material you want on the inside flap. There's so many ways to personalize it. So with Indochino, you get custom fitted suits, coats, and casual wear at surprisingly affordable prices. And if you are getting married, Indochino is an absolute no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget the -the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everybody a tailored fit. You order with ease, you get it shipped fast, no matter where you live, and with all the ways to customize, you can add a personal touch everyone will be proud to wear without emptying their pockets. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all customizations included. Visit one of Indochino's showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code CRAIG, C-R-A-I-G, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code CRAIG, to get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more. Hey, this is Craig Custance with The Athletic. My family has, I I would say, a healthy obsession with water and water bottles. And we all have our own personal, like, giant thing of water that we carry around. My daughter has a, you know, one of those daily planners, and it has check marks for how much water they're drinking. Because we know when you don't get enough water and you're dehydrated, you feel lethargic, you don't feel good. It makes a big difference in your day. And with Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. We're big fans of liquid IV in our family. When you drink liquid IV, you have more energetic workouts, you sleep better, but it's better for your immunity, which is super important right now. You just have more energy. So liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code athletic at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order. When you use promo code athletic at liquidiv.com, get better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Promo code athletic.
3: We would see you at the arena and it was it was at some points almost sadly comical how many players from the monsters were playing for the blue jackets this year and and you know we kept teasing you about how busy you were with that. But have you now had time to reflect on on some of the points you just made of of how impressive it was for so many guys to come up, perform at an NHL level. And have you reflected on, in addition to the things you just shared, have you been able to reflect on what really were the keys to the success of having those guys be ready and really be able to to just step in and, and play and help the team win when so many guys were out with injury?
0: Yeah, I think it was, one, the guys that were called up were ready to go, um, and two – the team here in Columbus really rallied around those guys, made them feel at home. Um, you know, they needed them because they're in the lineup. They need them to play at their best and, and help them win. So I think the guys that were here and playing had a big help with that. But I, but obviously the guys that were ready to go were ready to go. You know, they weren't being called up just because we needed a body. They were being called up because we needed a body and they were ready. Um, so I think the the coaches down there, uh, did an unbelievable job of making sure they were ready. And and sometimes that comes at a cost of, of winning games in the American League. You know, we can you can win more games if you have more veterans and you and you have guys that may not you know, or may or may not have passed their prime to, to get back into the NHL. But, you know, I, I think we do it right down there where we're we may sacrifice wins and losses a bit, but we're our main job in the minors is to make our NHL team better. Um and you know some day some years you might have one guy getting called up when we're looking you're looking for ways of getting guys right a chance you know and last right. year was one end of the spectrum and i think the year before we we barely had any injuries um, Yeah. It's, yeah it's just something where i'm am re- really happy as a as someone that can help these guys along and and you don't normally get those many opportunities you know some guys down on that depth chart and I I thought it was awesome because sometimes you would never know if they're NHL ready until you have that opportunity and if the guy was four or five or six on that depth chart you know we would never know but now we know and I I think it's been great for them and great for the organization
3: is it something and I know this isn't why you or or the coaching staff there in Cleveland does this but is it something you guys have been able to really reflect and be proud of that, that you had, and of course the players do it themselves too, but be proud of that you were able to produce such NHL ready guys this year. Yeah. Well, it,
0: it goes all the way down to our scouts, getting the mm-hmm. right guys, um, our development team, working with the guys while they're, you know, not pros before they turn um, and, and have their first pro contract. It's, it was great, unbelievable job of our coaching staff in, in Cleveland to make make sure they're ready. So it's, it goes a long way um, all throughout the organization for these guys. You know, it doesn't, doesn't just start with the player, making sure he's ready. Um, That's 90% of it, but there's, you got to find the right player. You got to develop them. You got to give them the right tools. Um, But ultimately it's on the player. And if the player wasn't ready, um, that would be, you know, he maybe wouldn't get that called up or it would have been pretty quick and and short um, for them when they do make it. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, kudos that go all around.
3: You mentioned this earlier, Chris, and, and I think it maybe goes unheralded because it's not happening necessarily in Columbus, but there are so many guys who you do bring to development camp, to Traverse, who ultimately become free agent signings for Cleveland later in the season. And there are additional players you find through the season. How are you adapting that process, finding the players who aren't necessarily already in the organization when you can't bring them to events when you can't interact with them in a hockey way before potentially having to extend them an offer or have that conversation?
0: Yeah. The, well, there's, there's always guys that, that don't sign with me because you can't sign everybody. Uh, might be better opportunity somewhere else, but you always remember them. Yeah. Uh, but then you have a good network of um, relying on everybody in the offices here, the management and some of the, our scouts that have known guys and, you know, like, Hey, this guy hasn't gotten a shot and he never signed a contract or he's stuck in the coast or he agents, you know, you talk to the guys that you trust there. Um, and then there's, you know, not realizing it before, cause I hadn't, uh, thought of it that much, but all the, um, East coast hockey league teams that were within three hour driving distance of Cleveland, um, you know, we, we used, um, our, uh, jacksonville a little bit to send a couple mm-hmm. of our guys down we didn't have we don't have an affiliation it's something you know in the future we may have um but those guys were they were only there for a week and they were back pretty quickly because our injury bug hit um but we have you know there's there's wheeling there's fort wayne there's um uh, toledo we got cincinnati we've got all these teams within three hours and, and a lot of those players are not affiliated with an American League team, I'd say probably half of those teams, of those guys, and those guys don't want to have an affiliation sometimes because they can become free agents and they can pick and choose their best uh, opportunity when it comes to be called up. So I get a great relationship with the coaches um, and those teams. And, you know, even though I'm I'm possibly taking their best player, it looks good on them or for them because they're getting a a guy an opportunity to get to the next level. So that was, yeah, I really – hadn't realized much until I really got into it. And it's, that's been great too. Cause you know, I'm getting as an organization, we're getting guys from Cleveland to the NHL, but we're also giving guys a shot from the East coast league to the American league. So everybody's moving up a spot. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's a great feeling having these guys coming in because there's only so many roster spots on in the NHL and the American league. And if we can get a guy that maybe he should be in the, in the, in the American league and he just never had the chance. So it's just, it's all about opportunities.
3: Awesome. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. It's, of course, unprecedented times, but uh, someone you knew from, from Columbus before, Scott Housen, is obviously now leading the AHL. It, it just it, how has it been to work with him again and any, again, unprecedented times, but how is he doing? How, is he stepping into the role, doing, I mean, is it great to see him take on this role and how is he f- performing for the affiliates right now?
0: Oh, I I think it's been great. Um, Obviously, that wasn't uh, the role when he uh, first got into it. You know, that wasn't part of the part of the deal when he signed up for it. But he's doing a great job. (laughs) Um, Dave Andrews is, is, you know, he's going to consult. He's going to hang around, Mm -hmm. um, definitely for a while, just to make sure we get through this the the whole COVID epidemic and and everything, and make sure. And I think that was part of the process as well, you know, the transition process. Uh, But no, Scott's great. I, I had a couple questions um, a couple weeks ago. Gave him a call, picked right up, and you know his family's still here. They're they're working on the transition over there, so it's you know he's been great. I see him once in a while in Cleveland, sometimes at Columbus games when he's working with Edmonton. So he's someone I
2: definitely kept in touch with, you know, since he's been away from our organization. Clerk, he hired you. Did you guys share a good laugh when you called him? He's not technically your boss, but he's he's the. Uh... <laughs> He's the AHL king now. If if uh, you get preferential treatment for suspensions and fines and stuff, I'm
1: hoping so. Right,
0: I mean <laughs> calling in, mean, right? Yeah, we go way back. Right. Uh, no, anyhow, you actually, you know, Mike Murray, um, I think is leaving as well. So they're going to have a number two um, eventually uh, replacement for him. So, and he's the one that they doled out all the fines. So I actually, yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough, talked to him quite a bit last year. (laughs) Yep, yep. Fine suspensions. Hey, can you send this video in? I was like, oh, boy, I didn't even see that. Right, right. Um, Yeah, it's it's been great with Scott. I I think he's going to – he's such a great hockey mind, a brilliant
2: person, so I think he's going to do just fine. Yeah, he just – that seems like a job that's just absolutely – tailor-made to a thoughtful – person uh, such as him you've got the draft coming up here and, and of all the stuff that's different i'm wondering if this maybe comes into focus as as being as drastically different as it's ever been you're not bringing kids to town there's no combine you're probably master of the zoom call now but how many guys have you talked to and how, how what is this process what's the new normal like for everybody there you
0: know it's just, just trying to figure out where, i think the, the league is still trying to figure out how. To best do it. Um, but our scouts have been scouting, you know, they, they have another, however many months this is, three or four months in between what a normal draft would be. Um, and they're going back over shifts and games and they had question marks about some guys. They didn't feel they had enough touches or, or um, seeing them enough. They're going to go back over games and, and figure that out. And now we got a, some of the Europeans starting a, European league starting over there. So our European scouts are, you know, some of these drafted guys are playing again. So now we're, we're seeing them, you know, four months more mature. um, You know, is do we, do we adjust our, what we think of them? You know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it, it solidifies. Yep. We're right on with this guy and let's, let's go with that. So everybody's still working. Um, they're still doing their background checks. They'll, they'll talk to guys, the interview process instead of after games or on practice days. It's, you know, on Zoom or a phone call or a text or, or whatever it is. So our scouts are doing a great job. I'm sure all the organizations are doing similar, but I think we're doing a very good job of of keeping in touch and adjusting if we need to.
2: Yeah. How many Zooms have you done roughly? Scores upon scores? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's been, it It was one of those things where I don't, if this never happened, I'd I'd, I'd be the guy, if we ever had one, with, didn't have the camera on. Now it's just <laughs> it's normal. You just go, you, it's yeah. it's background noise looking at people like you don't even think about them being somewhere else. It's just, it's just what it is. It's, it's so mainstream now that, you know, it's, it's going to be a different world when we come out of this because yeah. I think that's been a good thing it's that so way. Much, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It just with the zoom part of it and not having to travel sometimes. Are you judging
2: kids prospects on their backgrounds? <laughs>
0: A lot of them keep it pretty uh pretty simple. Right. They're they're not it's the ones that get up and start
2: walking around. You know that's awesome. Put the camera down. Come on, kid. Right. (laughs) Everyone used to judge body language in those meetings you'd have up in suburban Toronto at the Combine, now Buffalo. Um you can do that you can still do that from from uh a Zoom, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I was um, never part of the, the combine. Um, but yeah, with the, the, the stories you hear back and, and talking about different guys and how, how mature this guy is, it, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how much you can pick off just by an interview. Um, you hope it's a hundred percent correct and what the players yeah. like, but then again, you're getting players that are shy and, you know, tough to open up and some have right. a, the language barrier and all that. So it's, you know, a, 90 whatever percent of of what we do is on ice scouting but you have to get that background and the interview process is one of it one of one of the little things that you check off um, they can push a guy one way or the other but obviously the, the on ice thing is is what counts the most but you like to you like to figure out what type of guy these these guys are you know i i get them after we draft them and i get that experience and usually you know young guys open up a lot more as as we get to know each other, um, and so it's it's tough to read guys in a, in an interview process.
2: Yeah, especially a one-off like that where where they've had like eleven meetings in the last four hours or whatever. Uh, and at that age, some kids are like super are overwhelmed by the process, so in awe of talking to an NHL team that they can't really get it all together and be themselves. And there's some kids I've heard who are so sure of themselves that they actually put on poor performances in certain teams because they don't want that team to draft them, which is like, that's just in, I can't even imagine being that I use the word cool very loosely, but I can't even imagine being in that position at 18 years old, but I've heard it happens more than more than a few times. Uh, We asked for questions uh, from uh, on Twitter from people who may want to ask you a question. We picked one here. From a Brett Sidoric, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Brett. Uh, he wonders, Chris, what are the daily duties of a director of player personnel, and what is it like for you on draft day?
0: Um, I think player personnel is is different for every organization, um, but for myself, it's you know running I, I don't think normal is is it every day to day is what's going on now, um, but normal during the season it's just talking to our coaches. And Cleveland, seeing you know, if I'm not there at practice or if I wasn't with them in the game, you know, who's your best? Who is who's the best tonight? Who's ready? So if I get a call from Yarmo or or um, John Tortorella, Tortorella or or anybody else, and, and they're asking and they need somebody, um, I have that answer right away. Um, it's just being in tune with what's going on in Cleveland and talking to those guys. But my other duties, obviously, is, is a lot of the. Uh, is, the, is our prospect and making sure um, staying in touch with them, their coaches, um, sometimes their agents, and just making sure they're on track. And So there's, every day is different. Uh, last year was probably a year I'll never have the same again. Um, draft day, you know, being in some of the meetings, uh, depending, I may be at the table downstairs, but a lot of the time I'm upstairs and greeting our draft picks that are that do a, a, attend, you know, I'm one of the first guys that, you know, once they get through their pitchers and through all that, uh, you know, an hour after they're drafted, they'll come up to the suite and say hi to the, the scouts that we have up there, myself, um, you know, whoever's up there, Gregory Campbell at the time, um, guys like that. And if they're not um, at the, at the event, you know, if, if it's myself, maybe one of the scouts that knows them really well, we'll, we'll give them a call, but I'll call them right after and welcome them and, and basically, because uh, our development camp is the next day, you know, I got to I got to turn all that uh, whirlwind into, hey, we got to get you on a flight tomorrow. You have your stuff, <laughs> right. you, have your, you at least have your skates, you have everything else we can work with. Um, so a lot of these guys, if they're European, they're uh, coming over from overseas or are a long way away, we'll at least bring their skates and we can outfit them with everything else. Um, for, uh for development camp, the, the the next day, basically.
2: Well, Clark, you are the answer to a really interesting trivia question. Who was the Capitals captain before Alexander Ovechkin? what What's mm-hmm. your other claim to fame? Anything? <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is You yeah, a hell it. of a. You had a hell of a career, my man, and you're having a great uh, post-playing career as well. Uh, Congrats on the new job as of last year. I wish you nothing but the best. I know these are uncertain times for everybody, Um, but hang in there. And thanks uh, so much for your time. Thanks for being with us today on Front Nationwide. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
3: Thanks, Chris. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite
2: teams or sporting events? We've got the spot.